The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Sharon Osgood. I am a certified wound ostomy continence nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Dr. Shasta Safter. Dr. Safter has been with the Center for Digestive Health and Nutrition since 2009 and currently serves as director of the Motility Center at Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children in Orlando, Florida. In 2015, she became a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine and leads the Healthy Lifestyles Program at Arnold Palmer Hospital. Dr. Safter's interests include motility disorders, eosinophilic esophagitis, allergic gastroenteropathies, defecation disorders, obesity medicine, and medical education. Our topic today is neurogenic bowel and quality of life in the pediatric population. Dr. Safter, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So to start off with, what is the overall impact of neurogenic bowel with fecal incontinence in the pediatric population? I think the overall impact is huge. Neurogenic bowel dysfunction and fecal incontinence are going to have an impact on an overall well-being of a patient in terms of their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, and their social well-being. Um, It's going to impact all areas of their lives. And I think maintaining bowel continence, while it may not seem like a huge issue, from a quality of life metric has huge implications. And so I think the impact of, um, of neurogenic bowel dysfunction and fecal incontinence in the pediatric population is huge. How does it directly affect someone's social interactions? For example, school, playtime, social activities? I'm sure you have kids. And so I'm sure we can all relate to this. Um, it's It's tough being a child in today's environment and school and bullying and so on and so forth. So add on physical um, issues or, um, you know, physical disabilities or difficulties where a child is unable to maintain continence. Um, It's going to have a huge social impact. You know, how is this child uh, going to be able to be in a school setting and not get teased by their peers? What does it do to a child's own emotion and psyche and to their own confidence? How does it impact their independence? Uh, How does it impact their social interaction? I mean, these these are very real problems. And um, as I said, they do have a huge impact on uh, quality of life. And I think we really strive for a patient's well-being, not just in the physical sense, but on all realms, physical, mental and social well-being. And I I think that um, the impact is is huge in terms of affecting a patient's um, independence, their confidence and also their physical health. How much in turn does this really impact the patient, not just the patient, but their parents, the caregiver, family? I think the impact is global on everybody who is maybe a part of that child's life or is a caregiver involved in that child's care. I think as a caregiver, uh, it may seem like a daunting task, um, 
I don't want to say a burden, but almost a responsibility that they have. And I think with bowel management, our goal is to improve the quality of life of a patient and hopefully make them independent, uh, equip them with the tools where they can take care of this themselves. Um, but I'm sure as a caregiver for all the above reasons, um, you know, when your child is struggling physically, emotionally, or socially, you're hurting with them and you want for them to reach their optimum and um, again, be independent and um, also physically uh, be in good health and be able to take care of this problem and not have this uh, ongoing uh, chronic issue. How much on average would you say, how much time patients and families are spending on bowel management? Depending on what they're using for their techniques. I found from personal anecdotal evidence of you taking care of a lot of patients with these problems, um, depending on the type of strategy they utilize for bowel management, it can take several hours, it could take a couple of hours, um, but now with more sophisticated strategies, uh, I have a lot of experience with the peristine uh, device and transient irrigation, that bowel management uh, protocol can be cut down to 30 minutes. Um, there's a few minutes where you put the device together and perform an irrigation and the child will then sit on the toilet for you know 25 minutes, 30 minutes, after and have a very good result um, for the mo for the majority, but again, you know things are very individualized. So again, depending on their um, bowel management technique, for some families who use some of the other traditional methods, it's a whole day long um, event because they may perform a flush. Uh, it may take a long time. It may not be very effective. They don't make any plans for the rest of the day because they're worried about a bowel accident. They're worried about going outside. So again, I think depending on what they're using, um, it does impact bowel management. And we've definitely come a long way in terms of bowel management. We're getting better and better and keeping it more efficient for our patients. The Neurogenic Bowel Dysfunction Scoring Tool has been developed um, to help healthcare professionals evaluate the effectiveness of a patient's current bowel management routine by addressing the impact it has in the patient's quality of life. How do you utilize this tool in your practice to gain better understanding of their, your patient's overall well-being? I think uh, patients with neurogenic bowel dysfunction are a complex group of patients. Um, management is often difficult, and a lot of the times these patients have undergone many invasive or non-invasive strategies you know, to manage, diagnose, and treat. So I find the, the neurogenic bowel dysfunction score useful in identifying my patient population um, and their needs. So it, it really helps me with patient selection. It helps me identify a patient where they are in terms of their level of function, their the degree and the severity of the neurogenic bowel dysfunction. And that patient selection is very important um, because it helps dictate and tailor treatment um, management um, uh, options depending on our patient's needs. We touched on the social impact, but could we go back to the issue of school and the impact their bowel issues have on their education? Of course, school is so important for every child. And um, when they have bowel issues, when they struggle with bowel continence, when they worry about when the next stool accident may happen, of course, it's going to impact their ability to go to school or stay in school. It's going to cause missed days of school. They're going to fall behind in their education. And those are the two things that we've seen over and over and again in our patients when it comes to quality of life, getting an education, staying in school, being able to complete school, being able to participate in the activities of school is so important for the global well-being of a child. 
And yes, having bowel continence is one of those factors that is going to pay, uh, play a role in them being able to partake in all the, uh, not just the education, but the social and recreational activities that school has to offer. And once again, making them feel whole and complete as a child should be. How about the adolescent and young adults? Well, an adolescent and a young adult is on their way to adulthood. And I think with that, it's 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 challenge for any adolescent, but they are seeking to be more confident. They're seeking to be more independent. Um, and I think this uh, area with bowel continence and bowel function is going to have the, an impact on their freedom, on their confidence level. But when they have mastered the ability to independently manage their bowel dysfunction. When they're confident in the regimen that's working for them, they're going to be confident individuals. They're going to have the freedom to go out, hopefully apply to college, seek a job, partake in activities they enjoy, and all their quality of life metrics hopefully will be met. So the impact is is profound, um, not only in a child, but an adolescent who is getting ready to enter adulthood. Please talk to me about some of the potential complications these patients might face due to the neurogenic bowel diagnosis. So um, I think the complications come in the face of uh, poorly managed neurogenic bowel dysfunction, because I feel if they're well managed, they're doing they're hopefully doing well and avoiding all complications. But, you know, in clinical practice, we do see this all the time. Um, patients who get severely impacted, constipated, struggling to have a bowel movement, their intra-abdominal pressure is increasing, that impacts their ventricular peritoneal shunts, that the stool leakage can cause urinary tract infections. Um, and of course, there's social implications of being bowel incontinent and emotional implications, uh, you know, what, what it does to their confidence and their ability, you know, to be a part of uh, a society. So there are complications. Um, we do see uh, patients who are constantly um, uh, incontinent. Um, they have a lot of skin breakdown, ulcers, other problems that are related um, to um, to that constant wetness um, that they hold. And once again, you know, um, the impact is all the way around. In closing, how have you empowered your patients with the ability to alleviate their fears related to their diagnosis? I really like to impart knowledge to my patients. I have an understanding of what I what I understand neurogenic bowel dysfunction to be, and I think it's very important to to be able as a provider to explain and give that knowledge to your patient, to be able to do a test and explain what that finding means and how it impacts their bowel, and how a certain bowel management strategy is going to work for them or not, depending again on what their level of function is. So I think I empower my patients with knowledge, and and as a provider, I try to stay up to date with all the latest uh, development that medical technology brings to us every day uh, and be able to offer it as part of um, the options that are available to them. And I strongly believe uh, in early intervention. I feel that when you intervene when um, a patient is young, um, and before they go into their adult life and adult years, you want to um, hopefully create an impact change because that is going to A, prevent complications, B, keep them more functional, 
and see make them more independent early in life. So I definitely feel the earlier we intervene, the more we um, get involved and start to make proactive changes um, in these patients' lives, especially when it comes to bowel management, um, we really set them up for success in the future. And hopefully, um, even though they carry the diagnosis of neurogenic bowel dysfunction, it is not a negative because it is well managed and they feel confident in terms of being able to take care of themselves. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.